What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me is the man I hate the most for making me wake up this morning, Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing? I thought you were going to leave it at hate the most, and I was going to be kind of sad. No, 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 never, never, never. Just, uh, you know, wake, making me wake up at 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I'd like to point out the fact that I asked if you wanted to do it at 9.30 this morning. You didn't ask. You did not ask. I, I could read the text message. You said, I asked you last night if you want to do it, and you said 9.30 tomorrow morning. I was is like, that really just like, okay. you it like that? You no said way. tomorrow morning, I like I said tomorrow morning, question mark, like 9.30. Disgusting, but okay, Bruni said. Look hey, at no that. need to yell. No need to yell. No that. need to yell. I had to, had to defend my honor. <laughs> no, no, no. So anyways, we're up this Sunday morning. Hope everybody's having a good day and good week. Um... And we wanted to get a quick podcast out to y'all because obviously we did one after the last basketball game. Or actually, no, we did one before conference season was supposed to start, obviously, and giving our predictions and all that good stuff. And then UAB goes on to uh, have to cancel the game or postpone the game, rather, because of COVID situation within their program. So North Texas found Loyola Chicago to play instead. Um... If y'all remember, the Ramblers made the Final Four back in 2018 with that Sister Jean run they had. And I went back and looked at it. They won like three straight games by one point in the tournament, like first round, second round, and third round. They won it all by one point. Just a, a sensational run by Loyola Chicago that they'll remember forever. And as a result, everybody knew going into this game that this was not just going to be a random team from the Valley or I think it's the Ohio, Ohio Valley conference. Um, and that's exactly what Loyola Chicago was is they weren't just any regular team. They were a legitimate mid-major team, one of the better ones in the country. And we'll get into all that in a second, but I was really going back to the game being postponed for UAB. Obviously it was just a big punch in the gut for everybody. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I was looking forward to that so much just because we've been, it's kind of like the whole non-conference season. It's just been, let's see what they do in conference. Let's see what they do in conference because just like any other sport, that's all that matters. And that was quickly taken away. And so now you have to turn your attention another week. And so I completely understood why they wanted to get this game because a gap between Jan- uh, December 22nd and January 8th would have been way too long. For no, this I team. agree. I agree for sure. So, um, they were able to get this game and like I said, it was, a, we knew it was going to be a tough game and that's exactly what it was. And Loyola Chicago ended up beating North Texas in Chicago on the short notice, uh, 57 to 49. Uh, I don't think we need to recap this game, uh, just because it was kind of a, you know, one-off type of game, uh, an added game late, but Colin, what stood out to you first and foremost, uh, when you think about this game and how it played out? Uh, First thing would be the defense is still really, 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 really good. Um, that doesn't seem to have changed since, you know, the whole non-conference season. Um, however, I was very disappointed in the offense. And yes, Loyola Chicago is a very good mid-major team, but they are not a, they do not have Arkansas athletes. They do not have Mississippi State athletes. Um so I was really upset with the way that they played offensively. And it felt like any buckets that they did get almost were lucky. Like you had like early in the game when they were down, you know, a few points, you know, you had James Reese hit this ridiculously hard pull up three, or you had a weird Zach uh, turnaround uh, post up hook shot. And then you had a weird fadeaway from Thomas, which I don't think he's ever attempted a fadeaway. <laughs> so, um, and then Javion didn't score. I don't think until the second half. So um, he was five of 17 from the field. I don't know. It's just, it was very disappointing on offense for me. You bring like, okay, so I'm, I'm at a weird place right now because this game obviously doesn't mean that much to me in the grand scheme of things. Right. Like, yes, if they, like if they would have won it, it wouldn't have had the impact that Arkansas West Virginia would have had uh, just because those are known brand names. Now, this is obviously a tune up situation for, for the team going into conference play and obviously the Loyola Chicago would have beaten, you know, UTSA by 40 probably. 
um, they would have beat like I tweeted last night. They they would have won Conference USA. They are better than any team in Conference USA, in my opinion. Yeah. I think they're I better mean, than West. They only lost to Wisconsin by thirteen, and Wisconsin's very very. They're twelfth. And then they right yeah they lost to Richmond by two, and Richmond's pretty damn good as well. Yeah, and they've won all their other games by like thirty points. Like they they start off conference play. Loyola Chicago did uh, winning game, but better their first two games by thirty points basically. So we knew this team was going to be good and. Like you said, defensively, I thought they were tremendous. North Texas was. That was the only reason they had a chance. Their activity level was pretty high. Um, I thought they rebounded very well. Loyola Chicago didn't get many second chance points. I don't know. Let me let me see how many uh, they got. I want to. I want to. I'm actually curious now. They had, Loyola ended up with five second chance points for the game. Um, I thought in the half court, North Texas was really really stout, and Loyola Chicago only ended up with four fast break points. But they did push the ball a little bit more than that. Sig- signals. Um, but the problem was once North Texas turned the ball over, which they did 20 times for the game and uh, I think 11 times in the first half, that just put them so out of sync that it really caused problems for, for the North Texas defense to get situated. And even if it wasn't in the fast break, if it was secondary transition or just a mismatch or cross-match situation, uh, Loyola was able to get into their 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 sets really smoothly after that happened. So. But you bring up a good point in that Loyola Chicago wasn't athletic, right? They weren't Mississippi State. They weren't Arkansas. And Lord knows they weren't West Virginia. But they had size and they had skill and they had really good perimeter defense. And they were just really handsy the whole time. That was really bothersome. Like I couldn't – I tweeted last night as well. I said Loyola Chicago looks like a pain in the ass to play. Like I couldn't – I couldn't believe it felt, felt like no matter how, what they did, it was just like there was a hand on the ball, no matter what it was. Yeah, a hand on the ball, a hand on their side. Like, I was like, are they going to call any fouls here with the hand checking or anything like that? But no, they let them play. And I was like, OK, this is fine. Um, but I, the ball handlers between like Javion handled it somewhat OK, the the pressure, the ball pressure that they had. But. Ruben and Drez and JJ, I think those are the only other three guards. I mean, Bet Thomas to an extent. They, you could tell, really struggled with that. They struggled with that type of ball pressure, that type of, um, I don't want to say strength, I guess, but they, they were very physical, Loyola was. And it was a game that I think North Texas needed because it wasn't just, which gets into a different point in that, We've been saying the whole time, you know, North Texas is not going to face those type of athletes in Conference USA play when we reference West Virginia and Arkansas and, and Mississippi State. Well, Loyola Chicago does not have those type of athletes, but they were more physical than any team in Conference USA. So it shows that maybe it's not just an athleticism thing. North Texas has to actually fight, learn to fight through teams. Like they have to actually put their head down at times yeah they can't, and this is on the offensive end again not on yes. the defensive end yeah on the offensive end they can't that's the biggest thing right now that the difference between this year's team and the last year's conference team to be specific is that last year during conference there were times where they would just put their head down and force the issue that hasn't been the case this year they have not put their heads down and forced the issue at all Javion specifically because Javion is the engine of this team. He's the star of this team. He is this team in a lot of ways. I went back and watched um, the Louisiana Tech game from last year where him and Bracey were trading shots towards the end. But I watched like uh, moments throughout the game. And it was a different time because his freedom over the offense was something that we hadn't seen before. Like It was like Damian Lillard level control of the offense where just like anything he did was fine because it usually worked and they didn't really have any other options i think this year in the hope that they do have other options he's not trying to force it as much now he took 17 shots last night albeit which is a lot but it didn't none of those felt i don't want to say none of those a lot of those didn't feel like they did last year where he was like getting to the free throw line like forcing the issue he only took three free throws last night I mean, he only had four turnovers. Like, if he was really being that aggressive and not working, then it would have been more than that. I don't know. But for me, just watching that game last night and then watching the Louisiana Tech game last year, it they have a long ways to go as far as offensively forcing the issue, forcing the help, um, getting by defenders, playing through contact, uh, making, contested, making contested shots, not just waiting for the perfect opportunity. It's going to be tough. 
they're gonna have to really figure it out. And that I know that was that might be unfair comparing them to Louisiana Tech, you know, that Louisiana Tech game because that was so far into that was damn near March of last year. And you know, they obviously had COVID situations to deal with with the games being canceled, but that's where this team's gonna have to get to. Is it doesn't matter if they're playing a more athletic team, it doesn't matter if they're playing a more physical team, because they're gonna play some physical freaking teams in conference USA. How are you going to get to the basket? How are you going to get to the free throw line to where you don't only shoot six free throws a game? How are you going to get open threes? Because you shot four 15 from three. And if you do that in conference play, you're going to lose a lot of games because that's what this team is, is a three-point shooting team at its core. And how is Javion going to do better than 5-17? So that's my whole rant. I'll let you talk now because I've just talked for like five minutes. That was a pretty tame rant. No, that was no, that was the tame rant, but go ahead. Can that Uh, was I mean Look, I the couple things I wanted to see last night. First, I didn't want Javion to have to force a shot up when it was too late. You know, so many times last night it was like like he had a couple really weird weird pull ups where it was like a long two Demar Derozan type long twos, or he had yeah. the weird little you know push shot, and then you had it to where Drez would get the ball at the top of the key because they're you know they're kind of soft doubling, soft trapping Javion. Mm-hmm. And then you, the ball just stops, and it's not him over dribbling. It's just he doesn't he doesn't react fast enough. And then secondly, man, if anybody weighs more than Zach, he cannot back them down. And and that honestly hurt a lot because then they didn't have to double him. And then the the active hands of Loyola, I mean, they're just not they're they're great, super sound defensively. So there's they they weren't gonna win this game off of Loyola mistakes. And that's the issue because they are able to capitalize on mistakes in conference USA teams. But if you have a sound team, you gotta, you gotta do something. And we, I didn't see any of that last night. I mean, it was so much get the ball on the perimeter dribble between the legs. Oh, nothing's open. Swing it, swing it, swing it, Zach in the post, swing it. And then you take a bad shot at the end. And yeah, that's their game where they play slow and they grind, but you can't do that. And, and last night I tweeted that Loyola is the reason that this team has to learn to run. Because when they ran, uh, the only time that I actually saw them like run, run was that Ruben one where he got the got the uh, yeah, free throws, yeah, but he foul. missed. But mm-hmm. like I wanted to see that more of the game. I wanted to see Drez, you know, actually try to use his explosiveness. I wanted to see it. Just I don't know. I mean, y- you just basically summed it up in that they didn't force the issue. And I don't think this is just a Javion thing. I think this is an everybody thing. Like I don't need to. We don't need to see when you have athletes like Drez or Thomas, or Javion, and Reese, you need to not just have it to where they dribble or, you know, kind of get a foot inside the three-point line and you pass it away because you don't want to do something wrong. Like, you guys are conference champions for a reason. Like, you know how to play the game, you know? Um, And like I said, they got bailed out by some tough shots early to make it to where the game was a lot closer in terms of the way it looked as opposed to uh, the score. And... In the second half, they were better offensively. They ended up shooting, I think, a 12 of 22 or something along those lines mm-hmm. uh, from the field and 3-6 from 3. I personally don't put a ton of stock into that just because that kind of – they needed to – so what they did in the second half, they obviously needed to do for the entire game, and the only difference there was that they were forced to score. They were forced to go a little quicker um, because Loyola inflated their lead to, I think, like 10 or 12 at some point. Yeah. And so – once that happened, then they were like, okay, well, now we have to just go. And Javion was a little more aggressive. Reese was a little more aggressive. Outside of those two, man, those no one else did anything. Really yeah, I think it was like 13 points for Reese, 14 points for Javion. And then everyone else had like, there was like three guys with six and then two guys with two. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, that can't happen at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I cut you no, off. no. I was oh. just, I was, no, uh, I to go ahead. And, 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 and you talked about Javion forcing the issue in the second half. I don't. That shouldn't have to be him forcing the issue. Him getting to the basket at all, like him actually attacking the basket, should not be where we call that forcing the issue. That should be a all game thing, and forcing the issue should be like, okay, he needs to take over. That's that's what I need to see forcing the issue be. Um, secondly, I and I don't. I mean, you obviously know uh, you know the X's and O's of basketball better than I do. I'm tired of seeing a set called. And then not trying to deviate from that in terms of the players, like mm-hmm. like having it in like dead in their mind where they're like, okay, we have to do this. And then if they don't, then it's just a turnover or it's a bad shot. You know what I mean? Like they're almost scared to do something different. 
it's it's tough because I think feel like when you're going against a good defense, uh, obviously they want to run the sets and the way that they were playing the whole game told me that they didn't want to speed the game up at all because they were so they were close for a majority of the game. So they right. were kind of like, all right, eventually we're going to be able to break through. Eventually we'll maybe get free throws. Eventually we'll maybe get hits and threes. And that kind of that they were hesitant in a lot of regards. Whereas, you know, in games past, even against Mississippi State, even against West Virginia, they didn't look hesitant like this on offense. And so right, they just missed shots. Yeah. And so that's where they're going to have to get back to. And I am glad they opened the conference season with UTSA because Lord knows UTSA plays zero defense. So I mean, maybe that's not a good thing, actually, because they're, they're going to need to play some good defense at some point. Um, but not playing UAB because UAB, albeit, is not as good as Loyola Chicago at all, but they would at least have played them pretty physically. Like, it would have right. been a tough game. I really would think those two games would have been tough. But instead, they're going to open conference season with UTSA, who is not tough defensively at all. Rice just destroyed them in two games. So I'm interested to see if if Javion and, and Drez especially, I mean, because Drez – I looked it up. He has in the four tough games this year, he has 17 points. He's going to need, he's going to need to average nine a game for this team. Completely. Like eight, eight, eight or nine a game for this team going forward. And he hasn't shown that ability to, I don't trust him to score eight a game in conference play at this moment. So that's where the challenge is right now. It's like Ruben, we want him to do a lot, but he's a freshman and you could tell like he did that Euro step in the lane and got ripped. Like he's doing some stuff. Like he's trying, but he's just not quite there yet as far as physicality goes. Um, so it's gonna be on Javion and hopefully Drez, but largely Javion. And that's why I went back and looked at that uh Louisiana Tech game because I didn't leave this Louisiana this Loyola game thinking. I didn't leave it any more confident in Ruben and Drez to consistently help Javion. Like, yeah, they'll be able to help him in spurts, like Mo did last year. They'll be he'll be able to help them in spurts. But in order for this team to get where they want to go in conference play, Javion is going to have to be one of the top two, three players in conference USA again. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna say he has to win the conference player of the year again because I don't know if that's reasonable, but he's gonna have to be up there. He's yeah. going to have to be elite. He's going to yeah. have to be as good as he was last year, basically. Absolutely. And I think and that's another thing, too, is, like, I personally, I need to see more from Reese as well. I I, I don't want him to only be the, the I'm going to stand on the on the line and just hit a three every time that ball gets past me. I need to see, mm-hmm. like, I need to see the more dribble pull-ups that, I mean, that he was forced to take, and he hit in, in this Loyola game. And, like, if, if he's capable of doing that, why, why isn't that not being used more? Um because obviously he's capable of doing it. And if you're not getting help from Drez or uh, Ruben at this point, you know, why not? Yeah. I mean, he shot five of eight, three, six from three uh, reached did last night. And that includes the one shot at the end where he just kind of chucked it up. Um, so I, I, I agree. I think he could even get to the rim a little bit more. Um, I would be interested in that kind of thing, but he's someone that if he has a poor defender on him, like if he has, like Loyola Chicago, the, when he scored, it was because he he saw a mismatch in front of him. Like they were playing those those short guys sometimes, and they were switching onto Reese, and Reese would just go and Joe pull up. Like he has confidence there. He's gonna have to have confidence in a lot more situations come conference play. But um, let me see uh, what else we got here. Obviously, it was a very slow game. I asked Mac after afterwards if they thought about trying to push the pace, trying to speed the game up a little bit. Um, he said they're going to have to, which he's told me before, which he's basically said before that they're going to have to figure that they're going to have to push the pace a little bit, try to, you know, find those moments where you can get a fast break point where you can push it, get tra- transition points, secondary transition points. And but Loyola, he basically just credited Loyola in getting back on defense and being really stout and just keeping everything in front of them, which I understand. Um, but against UTSA, they're going to have to pick their spots. They're going to have to – I mean, against Western Kentucky, against good defenses, you're going to have to change it up at times. You're going to have to be able to run on misses, and they didn't even look to run on misses from my eye, what I saw. And I know some a lot of times you're not going to get a lot of points off of that, but 
their offensive rating was like 77 anyways. So I right. mean, what what are we right. what it, are we worried are we worried about turnovers? Because they had turnovers anyways. The way they played made it seem like three points was insurmountable at any point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to hear all this crap from people just saying like, oh, you know, they they need to be able to run to come to to beat good teams. Like they need to be able to do this. The way that this team has played the past two years is how you beat good teams. Great defense. You hope you can make open shots and have a really good ball handler in Javion that can create. And then you have other guys play off of them. The way they played against West Virginia is how you beat really good teams. So I don't want to hear, I don't want, I don't want anyone giving advice to McCaslin on how to beat good teams here. All right. When they just went to West Virginia and they, they played four games this year against legitimate teams on the road, on the road, two of them were thrown together in three days, three days or less. And they lost both those games by less than 10 points. I think West Virginia was at around 10 points, something like that. And then you almost beat Mississippi State. You obviously lose to Arkansas in the second game of the season. But it's not like they're entering these games getting their butts kicked. It's not like they're getting blown out by 20 or 30. Like No, I mean, every single game they have a chance to win. Exactly. They're not like UTSA who went and played at Oklahoma and got beat by 40. That, that's not happening to this team. All right? So let's not give McCaslin advice on how to coach here. And let's just say what we're seeing and how they could change off of it. Because that's what I'm seeing way too much of on social media right now. It's like, oh, well, if they did this and then they did this. They just won a conference championship game. And I'm freaking tired. I am tired of people just disregarding that like that didn't happen. Like they came in fourth in conference last year, and they're like, "Oh, if they they can get over the hump, if they do this, they got over the damn hump last year." All right, and I'm not saying they don't want, they shouldn't be trying to improve and anything like that. But good lord, we're at the point where this is a non-conference game. This was a filler game, basically. That's what this is. It's a filler game. So I'm not going to come on here and say, "Oh man, I don't know if they can get past UAB now because they lost to Loyola Chicago, made a Final <laughs> Four three years ago." So. Let's calm down and give this team, because you give this team just another game of tape, and that's basically what this is. This is just one more game of tape against this probably the second-best defensive team they've played all year. Like, West Virginia is first, and then Loyola is probably second. Like, I'm putting Loyola over Arkansas. Like, that's, I mean, def- defensively. I think offensively, obviously, Arkansas is better, but you get what I'm saying. Um, So let's just calm down with that like i just don't understand where that's coming from i i I went to sleep early so i didn't see that so that's uh that's the thing is i was up till i was up till two just watching re-watching stuff like i was i was doing so much i was on kim palm i was on my you you were just like what's happening (laughs) i was looking up i was on synergy we were i was on everything just looking up like i was like okay where's all this coming not where's the i was just looking stuff up last night right right yeah, and and I guess uh, don't take my they should have ran or loyal shows shows why they need to learn to run as a that's the only way they're gonna win. That, no, just, be, sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. No, I I, I, I just don't want. I, I didn't want. I didn't want to. I guess cater to the McCaslin doesn't always do in crowd. I'm just saying it is a thing that they need to do when they can't run a half court right now. No, because even McCaslin agrees with you. No, I know. He I'm just I'm just making he sure said. that everyone else that is saying. Yes. You need to run to beat good teams because you're completely right. You only the teams that run constantly have issues playing a game where technic technical uh, half court sets, you know, anything like that is a yeah. issue for them. Western, for example, yeah. the reason they lose to to gritty teams is because they are unable to run a half court. When a game gets slowed down, then they aren't able to do what they do best. Um, so, yes, the way that McCaslin plays slow half court. That is the way that you beat good teams on any level of basketball. Running is just another dynamic of it. Yeah, I mean, the the whole thought process of when you is when you play really good teams is you want to limit the number of possessions so that way it's you know less of a run and jump game because right. largely whenever you play better teams they're usually better in the full court just like West Virginia just like Arkansas would have been. So you slow the game down in that regard to make them score in the half court and that's how North Texas won games last year was suffocating teams in the half court and then going and being extra efficient in the in the uh, in their own half and so that's what they're going to do this year and i think that we're the thing the reason why mccaslin wants to add the full court ability of this team to this team is because drez 
and Ruben in theory, and we've seen Ruben do it in actuality. We've seen those two be able to push the pace and those two guys get comfortable in the game because they're able to push the pace and that will open a different, a different level to this team. I think J I don't, I think Javion's reluctant to push the pace just because of the success that he has had in the half court. He's like, why am I going to force something when I can just, you know, get it in the half court? Like, I don't need to force anything. But Ruben and Drez, especially when Javion's not on the court, I feel like need to be looking really, really hard at whenever there's a miss. Be like, Zach, give me the ball. Boom. And then just at least advance it quickly and see what you got. So that's going to be interesting. I agree. So just to add another element on there, it's not going to define their season, I don't think. But it's going to really help. It could take them to another level. And no, that, absolutely. That'll I, think, be I think that's what we both said coming into the season. Like, if they are able to run and slow teams down, it's another dynamic where if your half court's not going well, then you can run for a bit to get into a rhythm. And I think that that's if, if that's what people were saying last night where they have to run only, uh, <laughs> that's a that's not what we've, we've been saying here. It's it's they do the half court really well. Drez and Ruben can run. And that's another dynamic. So that that is an important thing. And also not to get excused, North Texas doesn't need to play slow to beat teams that are better than them. Teams that are better than them also go slow. They can just also run. Yes. And that's what, and that's what we want them to do. We that's want them the to difference. take that next step to where, oh, if, you know, Western wants to run, we'll run with them if we need to. Something, you know, to where it, it's yeah. dangerous. Or if UAB is stuck in the half-court game and it's mucked up and then Ruben maybe catches uh, a long rebound and maybe he can go off of that exactly right? it makes it to where you're you know it's, it makes it to where uab doesn't be like oh well we know that they're not going to run it we'll just you know we'll slowly get back you know yeah so so there you go um yeah that's going to be that's going to be an interesting thing to watch as the season progresses now i'm looking at my notes from last night i'm not i'm not too concerned about three-point shooting at this moment um i want them to take more threes i want them to take more I'm that tired is, that of, is, of the th- of the reluctancy at the three point line. Yeah, I feel like last no. night all I, all I know is Reese was shooting threes, and Javion. He shot one. six. Yeah, he shot six of their fifteen, and then, sorry, he shot six of those fifteen, and then, what? Let me see. Javion has three. Thomas was over two. Zach was over two. Zach, please stop shooting threes, um, especially to start the game. I was. Yeah, it hurt my turn was that first one on the right on the right wing. <laughs> when he shot that, I was like, oh no. Because I think he that was the first possession, then Reese shot one on the second possession that, that missed badly. And I was like, guys, please. Again, that just comes back to being assertive, not settling early in the games. And the first half was so bad in that regard. Okay. Um last thing about basketball. We're at the point where here we're at conference play. God willing that they play UTSA next week. We're here at Conference USA, Colin. Do you see, do you foresee, or do you want to see any lineup changes at any and any regard in any regard, or is there a lineup you want to see used more, or anything like that? Because I was looking at it last night, like I said, I was looking at maybe is there a way they could play reset the four. And we saw that a little bit last night against a lot of teams once Thomas got taken out, Um, and I think that's fine if you are playing teams that aren't as physical when, when do you have teams that are more physical than you? I don't think you can do that only because like, like we saw Ruben, for example, get switched onto their three. I think mm-hmm. it was Ruben or Drez and he, they just got bodied in the post. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think that's a thing that that can happen. However, I do think it is a good running situation. Cause then you have JV on uh, Ruben Reese Drez, and then uh, presumably Zach or Thomas out there. But um, I actually wanted to ask you about, we didn't see Abu last night for obvious reasons. Yeah. Does that concern you for conference play? Us not being no. able to see him. Okay. No. Be- Zach played 34 minutes last night. Yes, I that know. is and, incredible. And, and he wasn't that efficient. No, but he still played 34 minutes last night. And let's not get it confused. When Zach is on the court, compared to when Zach's not on the court, the defense of this team is completely different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like I'm not trying to say that Zach shouldn't be on the court. All I'm saying is. Uh, when he's not having a good night and you have to have a like for example, you know, you had that bigger guy for Loyola at center and you have to throw Terrence out there, you know, like he's not it's it's just it's hurts you a lot more, especially when Zach's not having a good night. I'm just saying, okay, so 
so another thing I noticed last night was obviously that they played or whenever I watched uh, the Louisiana Tech game from last year was they had dang the slide of the five. And that was a big luxury for them as far as his length goes. So I'm saying. I think the way that this team wants to play offensively with Javion and three point shooting is for five minutes a game, five, six minutes a game. You plug. Thomas at the five Reese at the four. Drez mm, probably have to be JJ. I mean, yes, you could throw uh, Ruben out there, but I'm just thinking probably JJ and Javion at the point guard. I think that team defends pretty well, and I think that team spaces the floor pretty well. So those five guys that I just named all can shoot. JJ is probably the worst shooter of those five. But you give Javion a chance to score in isolation, which he did a lot of last year as well, right? Like, he wasn't just this guy who scored out of pick and rolls. Like, he was able to just break guys down somehow. Remember, he would go yep. and he'd hit, like, hit a yep. pull of midi or he'd get to a spot for a floater. floater. He'd get to the free throw line. I mean, that the, lineup the, you just mentioned is very similar to the Rose lineup they, wrote, they ran last year, except you have Reese who's able to actually hit threes as opposed to Rose last year. Yeah, or even if you say JJ and Rose are comparable, JJ's a better defender, and I think he's just as good three point shooter at this moment. So that's where I'm at right now. Is like, all right, let's see how this looks five minutes a game. The only thing is, is that North Texas prides itself on defense, such to the point where I don't think they'll ever do that. They're, they, they, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I want to see if that lineup has ever been used this year. I don't think it has, but I don't. It might I don't have been know. used last night because the Thomas went out. Or Zach played with, thirty-four minutes. I don't with, think. Well, with with Terrence and I guess. I'm just saying Zach played thirty-four minutes last night. I don't think they ever did it, but I don't think. I think there's just sometimes where you just need to shake that up a little bit. That was the only thing I was curious about. Is like, how can we get JV on a little more space to operate right now? And that's how I was thinking about doing it. And then not even set him a screen unless it's like, or maybe set a screen with like JJ or something like that just to get a ball. Um, or maybe their worst defender just set a screen with them to try to put him in the pick and roll and just let J, uh, JV on an attack off that or just an isolation situation. Just let him go to work. That's a lineup I'm really curious about. I, I have a question for you because we've go kind ahead. of seen it as a as a theme throughout this non-conference season is it's almost as if teams have kind of figured out how to break down North Texas offensively. And I feel like this has happened with every single team that they played so far minus, you know, mm -hmm. the really bad ones um, mm -hmm. is where they kind of soft trap JV on and then mm -hmm. no one else does anything and I think that's kind of I mean it makes it to where the offense doesn't do anything and we've seen it every single time a good team has done that where they're unable to to do anything off of that um and that's honest that might be one of my bigger concerns going into the conference season is not that JV not good as it was last year it's that teams figured it out and now are just going to to do what they've been doing this non-conference season the thing is is yes, they did that, but like I'm just gonna keep referencing that Louisiana Tech game I watched last night. Louisiana Tech was hard trapping Javion. No, for and, sure. And, for sure. But I'm saying if, if we're if they're playing this way where they're not forcing the issue like we were saying, mm -hmm. what does it take for them to you know, to make it to where that doesn't affect them? Is it is it going to have to be more of the ISO type, you know, just let Javion give Javion the keys again, you know? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, either you give him the keys again or these other guys start creating a little bit more, like off of the traps, off of the hedges. Sure. All, because whenever they, so if a team hedges and Zach rolls, presumably other guys are going to have to help off to tag right. the roll in. And so then Javion can swing it to Drez, Reese, Ruben, whoever else on the court, and then they should be able to attack. We haven't seen that attack come from anyone right. else yet at this moment so that's where the concern is is that when dress catches the ball on the wing or on the three-point line he's not looking to attack he's like he had a pass he had a kick out he had a kick out last night at the three-point line um where he he was open for about a second and i was yelling shoot it i wanted him to shoot it instead he's uncomfortably looked around saw he was open and then drove in there and uh, missed a floater i think it was like early in the game and I was just like, okay, this he's still not comfortable yet. He's still not there yet. And so that's where they, they're going to have to get to is where he knows if I'm catching the ball, you can't leave me open. Either I'm shooting three or I'm driving the gap. 
And that's where they're not at at this moment. So, or at least Drez is not. And I think Ruben is, is that way as well in the half court. They're just getting comfortable still. And we're at conference play right now. I, I think I made the prediction last year or not last year. I made the prediction earlier in this season that after UTSA is where this team is going to hit its stride to a degree. And, you know, UTSA is here now. So we'll see how they look against UTSA and we'll see how they look moving forward. But I think that's everything I had on the, on the basketball team. Uh, do you have anything else? Nope. Okay. All right. Let's get to our second um, topic of the day, which I guess is the breaking news topic of the day. Colin, do you, can you add some breaking news Go. music? All right. Thank you. Now, breaking news. Clint Bowen, defensive coordinator for North Texas for the 2020 season, has been fired or, quote-unquote, as they use it, parted ways uh, with North Texas. Colin, I'm throwing it to you for the mm. report. What are you hearing on the streets of Denton I don't, and McKinney? He's gone. I, there's, I don't know what you want me to say here. <laughs> Any spicy news? Spicy news? I mean, the spicy news is that he's gone. Uh uh, the players seem to almost agree with it on Twitter. Um, Devontae McCray wanted a four-man front, clearly, on Twitter. People told him to to uh, playfully shut up, and he was like, nah, and then continued egging it on. Uh, Kitty Davis was among was among those also in favor of the four-man front. Um, I'm also here to report that the four-man front's not coming because Seth is still head coach. So for all those hoping that the four-man front's going away, or the three-man front's going away. Or the three-man front's going away. Look no further to a four We don't know that. We don't I, know that. I, I'm okay. just, I know. I'm just, you told me to be a reporter, so I had to. Oh, I, you're true. You're true. You're true. I had to I had to say just some stuff. <sighs> that was great. He also tweeted, Devontae also tweeted, three-man front, trash, trash. can. Like, he put the trash can yeah. emoji, so trash, yeah. I, I was dying. That's what we needed, man. We need some, we need some Twitter. I feel like we've, remember... Like two years ago when we first did the podcast, we had the segment where it's like where we were gonna do the segment of uh athlete or tweet uh, UNT tweets or something like yeah, that. It was, it was because of like, Rose. Yeah, no, AJ Lawson too. And AJ Lawson, yeah. AJ was him. crazy. <laughs> Cause AJ was like hurt and he just kept tweeting like pro- like prophetic statements. Yeah. About like, <laughs> and, the like season. blacked out his Twitter. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. And then he transferred and all was well with him. So Shout, Shout out to AJ Lawson. Hope he's doing well. Like Ryan Woolridge would do sim like kind of tweet yeah, 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 yeah. cryptic stuff as well. Man, what a time. Um, and then you had Jalen Guyton and like Rico Busty and guys like that that were just amazing. Regardless, I'm glad we've gotten some Twitter uh fun back in UNT athletics. That's what we really needed here. But back to the bigger point at hand. Clint Bowen is gone, Colin. Uh I felt like it was a necessary move after the season that they had. Um it's amazing. We went the whole season. I didn't even realize that it was the second worst yards allowed per game in the country until I looked it up. Who was first? He got fired. Uh, Mississippi State. Shout out Mike Leach. So Mike really? Leach and Seth Luttrell have the two worst defenses in the country this past year. Wow. Who I would have thought, thought, thought that North Texas was far and away the worst. But No, see, Mississippi State had to play an SEC schedule, and they probably gave up 800 yards to Alabama. So, mm. Well, make of that what you will. They gave they up like playing, 500 they yards playing, to Houston Baptist. So, yeah, <laughs> they weren't. I assure you, Mississippi State was not playing Houston Baptist or uh, Charlotte or Southern Miss. No, no, no. But regardless, Those the worst defense in the country, basically. And so I felt like this had to happen. Uh, I don't have a lot of like analysis from this, but I thought. It was fun to bring up, not fun to bring up. I shouldn't say fun because Clint Bowen was a, a good guy to talk to. And uh, I'm actually going to miss having him as a DC just because he was so thorough and so honest with me and that he helped me understand a lot of things about this defense. So that's going to suck. Uh, but best wishes to him. But now, Colin, man, I, I think we said this last year, but there's no real excuses here. There's none for Seth Luttrell to, to hide behind that, oh, it was the defensive coordinator. Because now, like, yeah, you get away with it one time, right? Troy Reffitt, all right, you can blame him, okay? But now you bring in Clint Bowen, and it was even worse? Now what is he hiding behind? I saw a joke on Twitter that made me laugh that said, Seth's just going to name himself the defensive coordinator. <laughs> Might as well have been. 
Um, that was great. Last week we said, or last podcast, we said that if Bowen was fired, then Seth knows he has more time. Yes. At this moment, I think I I disagree with our statement that we made before. I still think that. Okay. Well, okay. I I understand because like they had to make this move, but I still stick to that oh, that initial statement that if he thought he was on a four game like if if Rim Baker let's say just for instance again this is not confirming anything this isn't a report if Rim Baker walked in that office and said if you're not two and two or three and one next year through four games you're gone I don't think he gets rid of Clint Bowen. I don't think so. I just don't think you can. I don't think you can bring in a new defense coordinator and I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to be playing worse than last year because obviously change should help them in theory, but it's that's tough, man. That is tough. I get okay. If they if they move bring to in a, a new form, coordinator, if they move into improve. if they move to a four man front, then I would say Seth doesn't think he has enough time because he's trying so, to yeah, change you're something. Saying, in order to to get a quick fix, right now, if they get someone that runs a three three five again, then I will I will go back to what we said, where Seth knows he has he has a little leeway again, um, so I guess that that would be where like if the okay. change actually happens, sense. then I then that I makes don't sense. think that um that makes I, sense. I don't think he thinks he has a lot of time. From the standpoint of we need a drastic change in order to save my job, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So so maybe maybe I can take walk that back a little bit. I still, again, this is necessary. So we don't know exactly if drastic changes are coming. Right. Yeah. We're just the players just said four man front. There's nothing like yeah. we don't know anything else. But I think they have to because, like you said, if you just bring in another Clint Bowen or Troy Reffitt, then you're you're just you're you're cutting your own time short. Unless, if, right. again, unless if he knows he has the entire season next year. Right. Which um, I don't however, uh, and you, you mentioned this in your VIP story regarding the Clint Bowen. Shout team. out VIP. Become a VIP. 30% off. $1 for the first month. Good plug. Um, do they have the personnel to do a four-man front? And I think that is another question because they didn't – they really had the personnel to do a three-man front. <laughs> they didn't have a personnel to do a three-man front until the Murphy brothers started playing. <laughs> right, like, think about saying. that. That's what if I'm Clint saying. Bowen, Clint Bowen saved this team by putting the Murphy brothers at defensive end. Because think about this team if they don't have the Murphy, Murphy brothers at defensive end. And that was Clint Bowen. That wasn't anyone else. All right, that might have been some of Coach Mathis at the defensive line, but they were they had no defensive linemen that could that could rush the passer out of a three-man front. And so Bowen was like, all right, well, let's just try the Murphy brothers here. And it hit. All right. Thank God he did that. Because if not, then we're looking at this team like, oh my gosh, they have nobody on the defensive line. At least the Murphy brothers like give you a little bit. And I don't think, I don't think they're good against the run block shedding or they're getting their eyes in the right place against the run. But against the pass, obviously they were very, very good. So we're looking at this defense like, okay, where are the defensive tackles? Right. That's the concern. And you lose Deion Noville. You like, lose Deion Everyone Noville. remember that. Deion Noville is gone. And while, sure, Dane LeBlanc's okay, the drop-off is pretty substantial there. Um, we want Tayshawn Johnson. I think he's defense. he might be defensive end, defensive tackle, depending on how he looks next year. Like, you have him. Uh, you know, Caleb Colvin's an edge guy. Colin Ross is an edge guy, pretty much. I mean. Kenneth Dotson is an edge guy. Like you have a lot of edge guys on here, but where's the defensive tackles? And I don't trust their, I mean, uh, Calvin Hutchins from the junior college ranks, the defensive tackle. I don't think he's going to be Dion Oville. Like a, they don't have the two defensive tackles. You need to start the game with and B, they don't have the depth. They don't have defensive tackles. So, and they went and signed, I think, six defensive linemen in this recruiting class so far. And I'm sure they're going to try to get more, whether that's a transfer or anything like that. But I'm not going to ask freshmen to come in here and play off rip and start like stuff like yeah. that. Like the depth is not there. And that's the concern. It's like you can change it all you want. Yes, it'll help the edge rushers out. Okay. The Murphy brothers, Devontae McCray, uh, whoever else, it's going to help them on the edge. And it might help the linebackers, 
But if you don't have defensive tackles, you're going to get smashed up the front now. Instead of it being off the edge, you're, they're just going to run it up the middle. And they were running up the middle last year. Like, I, it's, that, that is, that's asking a lot. Tours and it's gonna here uh, is almost like signing themselves their their own their own like death death certificate in a way where it's like mm, can I fix this? <laughs> yeah, I mean the it's not. I don't know how Seth is gonna pitch this job. All right, because you just got a guy who was successful at Kansas, who was your friend, and now you had to mutually quote unquote part ways because this defense like was the think worst. about the sales think about the sales pitch here. Right. So Seth's going to say whatever he says, like, you know, um, and hopefully again, hopefully he's not having to like pitch these guys on come here. But if he wants a good coach, he's going to have to sell them on North Texas because coaches aren't lining up out the door to come be a defensive coordinator in North Texas, especially if they can't bring their staff or anything like that, which we don't know. Maybe they can. The pitch from Latrell is we have young players in the back. We have young players. Hopefully that will develop in like the Murphy brothers and Kevin Wood and stuff like that. We also have Katie Davis back. Um, this team just needs, it just needs one little shake up here and, and find the right personnel and you'll get a whole off season with them. But then if I'm the other coach, I'm like, okay, so if I don't do well this year, are you just going to fire me next year? Just like Bowen? Like, if I don't do well this year, do I at least have a chance to get my recruits in or something like that? Do I have a chance to get some players in here? Do I have a chance to look on the transfer portal? Anything like that? Because cutting a guy off off one year, albeit, again, I think it was the right move. I think they had to do it. It's not a great look. No. Like, head coaches anywhere will get multiple years just to be like, okay, at least we gave them a chance. And I think they gave Bowen a chance. I don't want to say they didn't, but... It's tough. This is a tough sell here because, like, you're coming off of the year where you were the worst defense in the country, pretty much, and now you're having to sell a coach on you're gonna you're gonna be able to make this defense your own way. But then the, the coach is saying to himself, "Okay, well, if this doesn't work, I'm gonna be out of a job in a year." Like at least when Bowen came over here, it was after Refit was here for five years or four years. Right. The the next coach is not having that. So that luxury that is so. I mean, unless you get a coach that trusts his ability and says, oh, I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to do this. And the money's good. So that's that's the other pitch from Seth, you know, at least, you know, because Bowen was getting paid a ton of money. So that's the other side of the coin. So it would be interesting as if they made Mike Eckler the defensive coordinator again. You don't even want to think about that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, he helped out with the defense last year. We know that. No, like, I know. He was, but but he left because he was he was yeah. you know so good, quote unquote. Yeah. And then Ref became <laughs> full time. Listen, man, you you already got you, you got your you got your golden boy on the sidelines already. <laughs> man, if Mike Eckler becomes a defensive coordinator. That like, just no no offense that, to Mike Eckler, that would be an awful move because that just shows it would, that nobody cares. It was that nobody that wants the job. Well, that, but also like that you're just going to run the three through five again, and this defense is going to be awful again next year. <laughs> There's no way they run a three through five next year. What percentage chance do you think there is they run a three through five next year? I almost think you have to go to a three four. Hell no, no way, no how. I put it at you less bet than thirty percent. You want to bet on it? Oh yeah, what do you want to put on it? Ten dollars, a friendly ten dollars. Friendly ten dollars. All right, how about this? Whoever's wrong has to post a video on Twitter of them doing a cartwheel. I can't do a cartwheel. You can't do that to me. Yes, I can't do a cartwheel. Cartwheel either. All right. All right. Has to post a picture on Twitter. Okay. No video. Video. Sorry, video, video of a cartwheel. Okay. Video doing a cartwheel. I went from a friendly ten dollars. And then you have to yell cartwheel. <laughs> and then and then if you're wrong, you have to yell. I love the three three five. Or no, <laughs> I love the three no. three five. Yeah. And if and if I'm wrong, I have to yell that. All right, that's the bet. Three three five. <laughs> I don't even love the three three five. All right, it doesn't matter. You're betting on it, so that's the bet, boys. Y'all heard it here first. Whoever's wrong has to do a cartwheel and yell, "I love the three three five on video and post on Twitter. So, anyways, 
Um, yeah, I just don't see that happening. I think you have too many players against it at this point, and you know you can't lose the players again. So whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. We saw Herman get fired at Texas because he lost the players. So can't do that. Um, I'm trying to think, think what else we got here because I don't want to go too much in depth about Clint Bowen being fired. Um, I will promo something. No, I won't actually. I'll save it. But become a VIP subscriber on Mean Green 24-7. Again, 30% off for the year I believe we're doing right now and uh, $1 for the first month. Uh, follow Colin at Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Follow Mean Green 24-7 at Mean Green 24-7. Uh, we're up to 43 ratings now, Colin, on iTunes. Oh, I forgot one. what our I forgot what we were going to do when we hit 45. but Something. It was something. We'll go back and find it. So leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or on Apple, I guess is the better word. <laughs> Nobody uses iTunes anymore. And uh, follow us on SoundCloud as well. So I think that's it. I forget. I always forget plugging something. I always forget. It's okay. I think you something. got everything. Twitters. Yeah, Twitters, podcasts, and um, subscribe to Mean Green 24-7. So yeah, Colin will never wake me up this early on a Sunday ever again. Remember but, the last time you tried to wake me up early? No. Oh, you no. remember. The only time Bruno oh, has yes. actually been mad at me. <laughs> no, I've been mad at you plenty of times before, but that was that was bad. When we were going to the Rice game, real quickly. They remember. For, when we, they remember we said it on the podcast. When we were going to the Rice game, I showed up at, I think it was 7 o'clock in the seven. morning after driving an hour to get to McKinney, and he's calling and says, all right, one second, and then falls back to sleep, and 20 minutes later wakes up and finally gets out of bed had me waiting there felt i was so mad. bad i felt so bad i was so mad when he bernie's didn't... mad though he doesn't let you know he's just he's just like quiet like it's it's almost like internalizing very unhealthy inter- internalization of the of the anger you just want me to i i mean i could have punched you <laughs> would that would, would that have been better would you have enjoyed that more than just me being quiet that would have been a hell of a start to our, our uh, rice trip. <laughs> Imagine me just getting in the car and then you just punch me. Just start swinging on you. <laughs> Don't ever sleep in again. Uh, well, now you now you have insomnia, so it all worked out. Yeah, I don't know what's what's happening with my sleep schedule right now. But. All right, well, well, we don't need to cover that. Um, I'm sure you're fine. So, anyways, y'all stay safe out there, and we'll talk to y'all later. See you.